Can the rapture be on May 15th, 2022, on the second Passover? Let's talk about it. Greetings, this is Brother John blowing the trumpet, sounding the alarm that the great day of the Lord is near, and to get saved today before the Lord's wrath comes. It's as simple as believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ for your salvation, trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died for our sins, was buried, and rose again the third day to give us life everlasting with him in paradise forever. Grace to you, brothers and sisters, and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to be talking about uh, the rapture today and how it might occur in 2022. A lot of uh, prophecies are pointing to that, and we'll get into that a little bit later. And uh, I just want to give some uh, high watch dates and uh, some reasoning to why I believe that these dates should be high watch times, okay? And uh, these timelines, they make a lot of sense biblically. They fit in very, very nice with uh, four other prophecies right now that are converging uh, in 2022 that might be signs of the times that uh, we're seeing right now. We're seeing so many things happen and everything is unfolding. It's looking like the woman that's travailing is about to give birth, okay? So, uh, Let's go ahead and get right into this. So the seven year timeline that I'm looking at right now is uh, starting from 2022 and that seven year period will last until uh, 2029, which is uh, basically that's a new Shemitah cycle. Um, that's the start of a brand new cycle. And for those of you that don't know, a Shemitah cycle is basically the seven year cycles of, uh, that lead up to uh, the 50th Jubilee in the Bible. Okay, so uh, there, there are cycles of seven that just repeat themselves and repeat themselves. And when you get to the 49th cycle, there's the Great Jubilee. And that is in the Old Testament. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, so basically where we're getting at here is I believe that this next Shemitah cycle that's about to begin in 2022 uh, can possibly be the start of Daniel's 70th week and uh, with the 2029 being the very end of the Great Tribulation and uh, the second coming with uh, the beginning of the reign of Christ's thousand years on earth okay and according to the Chabad which is the, the calendar that the nation of Israel uses today all the Jews they go by this calendar uh, in the nation of Israel. They don't use the Torah calendar. Um, they just, they don't use that calendar. It's, uh, you know, they believe in Judaism in the nation of Israel and the Torah calendar has, uh, some things to do with Christianity. And for that reason, they just, they use their own calendar that's based on Judaism. And, um, so we want to look at what they're looking at because we know that if, when it comes to prophecy and when it comes to uh, everything's pretty much centered around Jerusalem and uh, what, most likely what would happen is on their feast days that they're celebrating is when uh, things will probably uh, likely unfold. So it's important that we look at what they're looking at. So. Um, I just want to go ahead and uh, talk about their their calendar what they're looking at and uh, on May 15th of 2022 which is a blood moon 
this is going to be the exact day that they're going to be celebrating the second Passover. Okay, and we know that the prophet Joel said in Joel chapter 2 verses 31, it says that the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Okay, and then we also have in Acts chapter 2 verses 20 to 21, it says the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then we have here in Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 through 17, it says, And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell onto the earth, even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks and the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And this links right directly to uh, Luke in chapter 21, verse 36, where it says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that you may be accounted worthy to escape all of these things that shall come to pass, and stand before the Son of Man. Okay, so who's going to be able to stand on that day of the, the great day of his wrath? The, the, the people that are praying right now to escape, the people that believe and trust on Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross. Those are the people that are saved, that they're sealed with the Holy Spirit. They got their cover with the blood of the Lamb. On that day, they shall be raptured, and they're going to be the man-child that's going to be caught up onto God and onto his throne. To, to, to be with him in heaven and to be hid away in our chambers during the time of his wrath and the great tribulation, which is uh, Daniel's 70th week. So, so we know that the start of Daniel's 70th week and the rapture are going to start at the same time. And I just gave you the verses to that. So we see here that what happens is in three different verses, uh, throughout the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, we're seeing that there's a blood moon that's occurring at the same time when the, the wrath of God is happening, right? And this is the same time that Luke says, who shall be able to stand and escape all of these things that are about to come to pass? Okay, so we have here uh, many verses that are pointing to the blood moon, okay? So this is very, very... Uh, important and it's definitely a high watch time whenever there's a blood moon so so basically we want to be watching during these time periods and, and especially if they fall on a on a feast day like the second passover okay so when the moon turns to blood that's definitely a sign and we know that they said that there was going to be signs in the sun the moon and the stars and distress upon the nations so we got to look to uh, the moon as one of the signs as well and perhaps the lord will even confirm the covenant uh, basically his uh, his blood covenant right the the blood of the lamb by saving 
all of those that are covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. And it, it sounds to me like a picture of the Passover, right? When the Israelites had to put the blood on their doorposts. But this second time, we know that it's going to be by faith, right? And all of those that are trusting on the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, for their salvation. And we know that it's all by faith in his finished work on the cross. Uh, we're saved by the blood of God's only begotten Son that was shed on the cross for our sins. By his stripes we are healed. The grave was not able to hold our Lord down. On the third day he rose again, giving us the victory over death. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, so it could be that the rapture confirms the blood covenant of grace, right? We know that Daniel's 70th week has to, uh, begins with the confirmation, right, of the covenant. And I know a lot of people assume that uh, the Antichrist is going to be the one that makes some kind of a peace treaty agreement or something like that. But again, it's basically speculation. We don't know how things are going to unfold until it actually happens. But in, in nowhere in that verse or in that scripture does it say that the Antichrist is going to be the one to confirm the covenant. So we have to keep an open mind and uh, to, to these uh, prophecies because it could be possible that the Lord confirms the covenant and he can confirm that covenant by the rapture, right? Because now all those people that did not believe in Christianity, they did not believe on Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, it's now been confirmed because all the Christians are gone and everybody is in a panic mode and uh, you know now everybody is starting to, to to believe. What if this was the rapture? What that the Christians were talking about? We thought that they were crazy and nuts, but apparently it was true. And you know God confirmed that covenant by delivering His children out of the bondage of Egypt, which is this world. Okay, so uh, we can't be dogmatic and say that the Antichrist has to be the to necessarily confirm the covenant because scripture doesn't make that clear and we we see through a, we see through a mirror dimly until things unfold and you know we're not going to know exactly what the prophecy meant so we just keep an open mind and not be too dogmatic about any certain prophecy that has not unfolded yet okay but we take everything with the grain of salt and uh, so, yeah, so anyways, I, dig I digress. I want to get back to the timeline here. Uh, from May 15th, uh, the blood moon uh, in 2022 till uh, April 7th of 2029 is exactly 2,520 days. Okay. And I believe this could be the seven year period for Daniel's 70th week. And I'll give my reasons to why. So May 15th being the second Passover, and that would actually be the start of the seven-year tribulation. This fits uh, really well with uh, the fig tree generation prophecy because we know that Israel will still remain 80 years old until May 13th of 2029. Okay, so it's still going to fit with that fig tree generation. Okay, but continuing on. Uh, we know that the people of Israel recall when God delivered their fathers out of the land of Egypt. 
perhaps this second Passover is the day when God will a second time deliver those that have faith in the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, we have a prophecy in Isaiah uh, chapter 11, verses 11 through 12 that state, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand a second time to recover the, rem the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Sinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and shall gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Okay. And we also see this exact same language in Revelation chapter 7, when the 144,000 are getting marked on their foreheads with the seal of God, and then the four angels are on the four corners of the earth, and they're being told to, to hold back the wind and not to cause any damage or destruction on the earth. Okay, so this could be linked to that exact time frame right before the wrath comes. Okay, so and we also see that he's talking about a deliverance a second time. We know that the first time that the Lord delivered his people was in the first Passover that happened. Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, right? So uh, a second time could be perhaps the second Passover. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, right? But we have some more clues in Proverbs chapter 7 verses 19 through 20. It states this about the second Passover. Okay, it says, for the good man is not at home, he is gone on a long journey, and he has taken a bag of money with him, and will come home at the day appointed. Okay, so this is a short verse. However, it's very powerful because there's actually four hidden clues here to when Jesus is going to return, just in this verse alone. Okay, number one is the good man is Jesus. Okay, we know this because... Uh, the scriptures state that there's none good but God, right? And in the parable of the workers in the vineyard, Jesus refers to himself as the good man. And that's in Matthew chapter 20, verses 11. Okay, so Jesus is the good man. He's, uh, he's definitely the good man. Uh, number two is he has gone on a long journey. Okay, a long journey refers to the second Passover in, uh, in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. And, it's, and it says, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If any one of you or your descendants is unclean through touching of a dead body or is on a long journey, he shall still keep the Passover to the Lord. On the fourteenth day of the second month at twilight he may keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Okay, so um, he's saying if anybody is on a long journey, that they could still keep the Passover, but it's going to be exactly one month later. Okay, the second month on the fourteenth day of the month. So that's the long journey refers to the second Passover. 
the third clue that we have here is that he says that he has taken a bag of money. Okay, this refers to his reward is with him. In, in, in Revelation chapter 22, verses 12, it says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. Okay, and also in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, which is the parable of the Good Samaritan, there's also a reference here to his reward. And I'll go ahead and I'll read that. And it says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he, he asked, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He, he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii. Okay, now, uh, a denarii a denarii was the daily wage of a day laborer uh, during that time period. Okay, and, and uh, for a reference to that, you can look at Matthew chapter 20, verses 2. Okay, and I'll get back to this when I'm done with the parable. And uh, so, continuing on. So, the next day, he took the two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after them, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him. Go and do likewise. Okay, so this parable is about Jesus. Okay, He is the good Samaritan in this parable. He goes off on a long journey, and then he gives two denarii, which is enough for two days' wages. Meaning that from the time that, that Jesus ascended back into heaven, right, during the Passion, that, that same year, he would return two days later, okay, or 2,000 years according to a day to the Lord. A day to the Lord is as a thousand years, and that's that's based on Scripture. Okay, we know that in Second uh, Peter verses uh, two through uh, two eight two eight, yes, it says, "But beloved, do not forget this one thing: that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day." Okay, and if uh, if Christ died. If he died, he was buried and resurrected in 29 AD, 
this was the year of, of Christ's passion, then, uh, then basically that would be the year 4,000 from the time of Adam. Okay, because we know that God has his 7,000-year uh, plan for the redemption of mankind. And Christ died in the year 4,000, and after two days would be the year 6,000, right? Then we enter into his final kingdom of, on earth, which is 1,000 years, which is in between the time of 6,000 and 7,000. And on the eighth day, we enter into eternity. Okay, so basically it's one week, right? And, but that week is a thousand years to God. So, uh, so Christ had his passion in the year 4,000. And we know that he's going to return 2,000 years later. Okay, and, uh, and if we go by Enoch's calendar, okay, uh, his calendar is basically 364 days out of the year. Okay, we don't know what calendar God is going by, but we know that the Enoch calendar and the is in the, was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. We also know that the Book of Jubilees was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and these all uh, they back then there was a religious sect that went by the name of the Essenes, and they were followers of this calendar of the 364 day biblical calendar and this went all the way back to the time of Enoch and uh, they were they were doing this in the time of the Maccabees and Jubilees and all, during all that time period so uh, it could be possible that the ancient Hebrews and the ancient Jewish people went by this 364 day calendar and if that's the case and that would mean that 2,000 years would be exactly 728,000 days, okay, because if, if a day, if a year is 364 days out of a year, you times that by 2,000 and that's the number that you get. So if Jesus died in the year, let's say for example, the start of the new year, which would be Nisan 1, was in March 5th of 29 AD, that was the 4,000th year, okay. If you were to go ahead and add 7,200 and uh, 728,000 days, okay, to from from that date in 29 AD, that takes you exactly 2,000 years later. That date would take you exactly to May 15th of 2022, okay, when when we're gonna have the blood moon and it's the second Passover. So this would be the third day, okay, after 2,000 years. So it's huge. It's significant because uh, I believe that these dead sea, the the Dead Sea Scrolls that were discovered in 1947 was huge. I mean, it had to be by God because this these these scrolls were discovered one year before uh, Israel became a nation. Okay, this is like the final generation, right? We're in the end times, and all of a sudden we get these uh, magnificent scrolls that come out and that were discovered and were translated into you know all of the languages that we have now that just give us some insight to what people were thinking back then thousands of years ago which is just uh, amazing it, it truly is amazing and the way that they were discovered was by a shepherd that lost their sheep 
<laughs> you can't make this up. It's pretty incredible. That's how you know that it was one of those but God moments uh, that a shepherd lost his sheep and was throwing rocks and he threw a rock into a cave and he broke a pot. And uh, that's, that's how the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. That's the story there. So it's quite amazing. So, uh, so we definitely want to make sure that uh, everything that we should definitely take, uh, make sure that we take heed to the fact that we're living in the end times. These are the biblical times that was spoken of by the old, the prophets of old. Okay, we're living in that time that they were prophesying about, which is just uh, amazing. Okay, and uh, the the fourth clue that we have here was um, that he will come home at the day appointed. Okay, uh, this means the Moed or the Moedim in Hebrew, and it's often translated as the appointed time. Uh, Moed means set to set an appointment. Okay, as in uh, a set time or a season for a specific assembly or festival. And uh, Moed also has a root meaning to repeat, okay? And it's just like the Lord said that he, a sec, he's going to set his hand a second time to deliver his people. So like to repeat, right? To repeat the Passover. It's definitely a possibility. And um, it, it can also mean uh, a signal as appointed beforehand. Okay, so Moedim refers to God's seven appointed feasts that he had that he stated in uh, Leviticus 23. So this means that Jesus is going to likely return on a feast day or a Moedim in appointed time. So the second Passover is an appointed time because it is it's the same as the Passover. Okay, the only thing is it's a month later for those that were unclean due to a dead body. So they had to celebrate the Passover on the, the following month. But Passover is a Moedim. Okay, so the second Passover is also a Moedim for those that missed the first. So now back to the timeline of uh, May 15th to April 7th which is exactly 2,520 days according to the Jewish uh, Shabbat calendar that would fall on uh, April 7th of 2029, the end. Um, and that, that day is, would actually be uh, Nisan, 20, Nisan 22, I believe, on their calendar. And that's actually uh, the last day of Passover. Okay. Um, that's the last day of Passover, and it's also known as the eighth day, okay? On, on this day is the day when Isaac, was, uh, he, who was the first child to enter into God's covenant of circumcision, this is the day that Isaac got circumcised, okay? And this could be the day of the second coming, okay? We know that the man-child that is going to be born again at the rapture of the church is going to be circumcised as well on the eighth day because they have to be presented unto God in Jerusalem and to be set apart as holy unto God okay because we know that from the Old Testament that uh, everything that that uh, exits through the matrix right is going to be set apart and holy unto God 
the, the firstborn uh, male child. So uh, those are that's those are going to be the ones that are redeemed from God. That's the, the believers in Jesus Christ. Okay, and uh, not only that, but Jesus mentions the last the last day seven times in the Gospel of John, and we know that this refers to the resurrection. For an example, here we have in John chapter six. Verses, verse 54, it says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. This sounds a lot like eating the, the Passover lamb of God. Okay, and we, we do that by believing on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, and believe that he was raised from the dead on the third day. Okay, the, this is important because this is how we are sealed by our faith. We're sealed by believing on the good news. We're sealed with that Holy Spirit. We're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have the promise of being raised up at the last day. If we die, we know that we're going to be raised up again. Okay, uh, so this, uh, this, this resurrection sounds like it's going to take place on the last day of a, of a feast, of a feast day, and that's going to be during the second coming, okay? And we know that in Revelation chapter 20, uh, verses 1 through 5, uh, it says uh, he's, he's talking about this resurrection, right, that happens at the end of the tribulation. And these are the people, it says, and this is the first resurrection and these are the people that are going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. Okay, so the last day of Passover, it fits for the second coming. And it would be, it would fall on April 7th, 2029, for those that, that use uh, the Gregorian calendar. And it would be Nisan 22nd of the year 5789 for the Jews that follow the Chabad calendar. Um, and we all know that there's foreshadows in the Bible and on Nisan 22nd is is actually um, It's not only known for the day that Isaac was circumcised um, You know and the and the eighth day covenant with Abraham, but it's also the first day that the Israelites encircled uh, Jericho Okay, and they started marching around the city for seven days So this was the first day that they encircled the, the city of Jericho, okay, and and if uh, each vial, right, or the bowls in other ver uh, versions, and I'm talking about Revelation, right, this is the wrath of God, if each of these vials are, that are poured out at the end of the tribulation, at the end of the seven years, if each of them lasts one day, then that would, that would be a foreshadow of uh, the Israelites encircling the camp of Jericho for seven days, right? And then on the uh, the last day, which was the seventh day, when they, they they encircled it seven times, that would actually be on our calendar April 13th, and that would, to them it would be uh, Nisan 28 on their calendar to the Jews. And this would be the day that the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites took took over the city right they took over the promised land on that day and the city was theirs it was given by god they got the victory because of god 
and we know that at the end right of the tribulation of the great tribulation that there's going to be great destruction and that we're going to take over the the whole world right we're going to reign with god and it's like uh, this this world is going to be overturned by God and uh, we're going to be the ones to take the promised land right so t how's that for a foreshadow for you huh and uh, so this is the same day like I said that the Jews took the promised land but another huge event that's going to take place on April 13th right which is the same day that the walls of Jericho collapsed is uh, an asteroid that goes by the name of Apophis 99942 Apophis that's the number of the asteroid and many of you probably know about this asteroid um, maybe some of you don't but um, I believe that it's likely to hit the earth right because God can do whatever he wants to do and if he wants to nudge it a little bit or you know throw it down uh, to fulfill his will then that then his will is going to be done okay now i'm not saying that it's it's certain but i'm saying that it's it's definitely looks like this is going to happen during the time frame in, of the great tribulation period so i think that it's likely to strike the earth and uh notice that the number of this asteroid is pretty uh suspicious as well okay like what's 999 backwards Right, and how many months is the beast gonna reign for? Yeah, you know, talk about your predictive programming. Um, so th this stone hitting the earth fits uh, really good with Daniel's prophecy as well, of the stone that's gonna hit the feet of the statue, right? And Daniel talks about this in Daniel chapter two, verses uh, 32 through 34. And it says, <clears throat> and it says, uh, this image's head was of fine gold, its chest and its arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watch while a stone was cut without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Okay, so now we know that, that Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected. And Jesus is going to be the one that's going to crush Satan and all of his minions at the second coming. But maybe, just perhaps, this asteroid will play a role in that destruction. Okay? And we know that in 2 Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 9-13, through 13, that it says this about the day of the Lord. Okay? The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in, in, in being holy conduct and godliness, looking for the hastening, the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look for the new heavens and a new earth, which righteousness dwells. Okay, so... 
That's what we're looking for. That's our blessed hope is the new heaven, the new earth. Okay, we know that everything in this world is going to be burnt up and it's all temporary. And right now is just, uh, it's an evil, wicked world that we're living in. But we're, we're, we're called to be the light of the world because Christ dwells in us. Okay, so uh, we know that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Okay, so I just want to go ahead and just give a quick summary here to the four prophecies that are going to be converging in 2022. Okay, now number one is in Matthew 24, verse 34. And this is, this prophecy here is about the fig tree generation. And we, the, that from the time that Israel became a nation, that they would not exceed 80 years. Okay, and we get that 80 years is a generation based on Psalms, Psalms 90, verse 10. Okay, and this gener and this prophecy, right, of the 80 year fig tree generation has a deadline. It's going to expire in 2022. So if 80 years is a generation, this prophecy has to come to pass in 2022, being the deadline. Because if it goes past that, then we know that. 80 years is not a generation because Israel would be 81 and it, it would fall out of the time frame of that 80, 80 years being a generation. Okay, and number two here we have uh, Daniel, that's Daniel chapter 12, verses 11 through 12. And this is a prophecy about the 1290 days and 1335 days. Okay, and so starting from the time of Nebuchadnezzar, when he took the vessels of the house of God and he brought them to Babylon, I believe that this ended the daily sacrifice. And uh, I believe that the abomination was when they started the construction of the Dome of the Rock. And if you were to add from the time of Nebuchadnezzar to the time that they started that construction, that's exactly 1290 days, which are days of years. So 1290 years. Okay. And then if you were to go ahead and add an additional 1335 years, that takes you to the year 2022. Okay. So that's another convergence there. Uh, the third prophecy is Daniel chapter nine. Uh, verse 25 and this is the prophecy about the walls of Jerusalem being rebuilt okay we know that the walls were rebuilt again by Sultan Soleimani in 1538 okay that was the completion of the walls so if you add 483 years right because 483 years have to be fulfilled in order for you to get to that final and last week of Daniel which is Daniel's 70th week. So this could be a dual prophecy being fulfilled. And uh, this is also pointing us to the year of the start of Daniel's 70th week being in the year 2022. Uh, the fourth and the last prophecy is in Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. And this is a prophecy about living in the Lord's sight. Uh, after two days and we know that a day to the Lord is as a thousand years and if Christ died in the year 29 AD as the coin on his on his eye states on the Shroud of Turin okay uh, it, it, it's the coin of uh, Pontius Pilate that's on his eye 
that was dated by, by experts to be in the year 29 AD, okay? If that is the year of his passion and the resurrection of Christ, you add 2,000 years to that, that takes you to the year of 2029, okay? And this could be the start of Christ's thousand year reign on earth. You subtract seven years from that and you get the rapture date and the, the start of the Great Tribulation which would be again the year 2022. So uh, we have here four prophecies that are connecting us to the year 2022 that are all converging to this time of being the start of Daniel's 70th week. Okay, and so this is definitely a high watch year. It's, uh, we're, we're definitely in that the, the season of the end times. So we have to continue watching. Uh, the timeline that I have for you for Daniel's 70th week is from 2022 to 2029. I'm not dogmatic. We'll have to wait and see how everything unfolds. But there are a lot of prophecies that are pointing to this time frame. So I have here again for you from May 15th, 2022 till uh, April 7th of 2029 is exactly 2,520 days. And, you know, anyhow, I'm, I'm not a prophet here. I'm not saying thus says the Lord. This is simply just an educated uh, watch day or watch time frame that is based on my, my own studies of scripture and prophecy. Okay, so again, I'm not dogmatic about any of these dates. And I'm not saying thus says the Lord and that it has to happen this way. Absolutely not. Uh, but we are called to, to, to watch Part of watching is, uh, you know, finding what the prophecies say. And I've just gone over what the prophecies say, and I gave you my reasons to why I believe that these are going to be high watch days in the year of 2022. And it's all based on the scriptures that I've went over. And these are uh, prophecies that we know that they're going to be uh, fulfilled, right? And uh, we're in, we're definitely in that season. So. So now, you know, to anyone who hasn't really truly uh, believed or put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ for their salvation, today is the day to get saved. The time is running out. We're living in the last days. This is the, this is the end time, folks. It's time to get on that ark before it's too late. Uh, this world is heading in for, for great tribulation, for destruction, for the wrath of God is coming. So get saved today. Seek the Lord now while it's still day. For, you know, when the Lord Jesus returns, it's going to be too late. You know, the, that, that ark is, going to, is closing. That door is closing. And once it's shut, that's it. You know, we're going, to be, we're going to be in safety in heaven. And there's going to be fire and brimstone and destruction and all hell on earth is going to be unleashed. Satan's going to be cast down. He's going to be beheading people, forcing his worship, forcing the mark of the beast. Uh, your, your soul is going to be in, 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 in jeopardy of being eternally lost if you do not die for Christ during that time period. And, and, and you don't have to go through that. You can just simply get saved today by believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so simple. It's as simple as believing believing that he paid for all of our sins with his precious blood that he shed on the cross. He gave his life to save us from the penalty of our sins and to save us from his wrath 
that's going to be poured out during this end time period. Okay, once once that trumpet is sound, once Jesus returns, it's going to be too late. Get saved right now. You know, the, he he did all of this for us. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. You know, he did all of this so that we we can live with him in paradise. And, and it's going to be it's going to be paradise. It's going to be peace on earth. Everything is going to be perfect. There's going to be no more wickedness, no more evil. We're never going to thirst again. We're never going to hunger. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be perfect. You do not want to miss out on God's promises of his kingdom. His kingdom is going to be heaven on earth. And all you have to do is simply believe. Uh, the scriptures say in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, it says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, we have these promises in scripture, folks. It's not difficult. Please just listen to... Listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-5 says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word that I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures that he was buried, and that, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and then to the twelve. And then he appeared to over 500 brethren, all at once that seen him. There were many witnesses, and all of these witnesses, pretty much most of them all died for their testimony of Jesus Christ during this time period, because there was great persecution on the early church. Okay, so we know that their testimony is true. We have testimonies from heaven. We have the testimony of John the Baptist, uh, the angel Gabriel, his testimony to, to Mary that Jesus was going to die. He was going to die for our sins. Okay, uh, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He had the spirit of Elijah. Okay, he was the most righteous man that was that was from that was born of women just as Jesus said so we have so many testimonies and we know that Jesus is is true because everything that he spoke the way that he spoke with such wisdom with such power with such authority uh, the miracles that he did no man spoke like Jesus he had the fullness of God's spirit no one can question him he had just his words that he spoke were unlike anything that I have ever heard. Okay, he's totally not like this world. This world is evil and wicked, and he was filled with love and compassion and with grace. And, and it's something that we've never seen before. This world is all about me, 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 and, and, and greed. 
selfishness and hatred and pride and envy, but he was nothing but pure love. And we got to see that love. He, he gave his life for us on the cross. He was completely selfless and just filled with that grace and love of God. And he was the light of the world. And, and the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness doesn't, doesn't comprehend it. So we know, brothers and sisters, that Jesus is who exactly who he said he is. The word of God who was with God in the beginning and all things were created through him. He is one with the Father. Okay, the Father is in him and he is in the Father. So don't wait another second. Just trust in Jesus today. Call upon him now. Get on your knees. Cry to Jesus. Tell him, save me, Lord. If you knock, the door will be open. If you seek him, you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart. Okay? So until next time, brothers and sisters, God willing, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, and my love be with you all. In Christ Jesus, amen.